Welcome to VG Empire, episode 148. I'm oh your host, Brett Elston is your host. That's me. Uh, as always, going on uh, since 2011 here. I'm also joined <laughs> by uh, consistent co-host now. Patrick Reiser. No, Patrick uh, Kulikowski. I am... Uh, as per usual. But in Europe, I'm known as Brobotector. <laughs> um, but this episode, as you can tell by that... Obvious intro, uh, all about the Contra series. But this finally, is just, this is geez, just a part yeah. one, more or less, because uh, there's a lot of Contra music over the years, yeah. and there's a new Contra coming out this fall, which is crazy. Uh, um, which is a statement that I think at no point in the past seven years of this show's existence <laughs> ever applied. Yeah. Um, what's weird is many years ago, probably 2010, maybe 2011, uh, there was some Konami press conference, like a digital thing. Yeah. And. There was, they had, I forget even which games they announced. It might have been the first Lords of Shadow or something like that. Maybe it was when they announced Lords of Shadow 2 even. They showed like a giant sea, like a I fire remember sea, that. like swoosh, and everyone's like, oh, cool, a new Contra, and, and then nothing. nothing. Yeah. Um, but now here we are. There's that is a, one long ad campaign. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we do finally have a new Contra title coming out um, this fall, 2019. Rogue Core, I believe. Rogue Core. The title, yeah. Um, but we also have so many in our history to go through as well as the, the collection that came out uh, over the summer yeah uh, I, I had always wanted to do a contra episode with you but um the when they announced the contra anniversary collection in tandem with the castlevania and the yeah. arcade classic ones i'm like well that's a perfect opportunity i think to finally yeah uh, there it goes discuss it to me like contra even just the nes game that's just like timeless classic pick up and play anytime like yeah and it is truly one of the omnipresent nes games of the day yes where it, it, to this day even next if, to mario yeah even, it, you know. it's right up there it, which is weird because compared to things like mario zelda castlevania mm. mega man um and all the nintendo ip obviously contra is one of those that really has hot and cold periods in its history where it'll just disappear for years at a time mm -hmm. and is seemingly all but gone and then Despite that, anyone who was playing games in the '80s and '90s, they know Contra, right? Because, like you said, it's so it's so accessible. Despite being a very one hit, you're dead. Uh, lots of enemies on the screen. It was just such a. It's what you know popularized the Konami code. I think for most people, right? Because it originated with Gradius NES. But, yeah. Uh, but to get thirty up. lives yeah. in in Contra was like, what's well, the only way anyone's ever going to play this game? Because and you and die constantly. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and it was also a riff on. Big '80s movies at the time. Oh yeah, um, taking obvious inspiration from Aliens, uh, Schwarzenegger movies, mm -hmm. uh, Stallone movies. Like it's just '80s action movie, the game. Yep. Um, with ambiguous uh, xenomorph references and all this stuff. And how could you not want to play that? Especially like, with the that box art cover and yeah. even uh, the the title screen in the U.S. Uh, the characters like looks straight up Schwarzenegger and oh, Stallone. Yeah. yeah, and they're and they're leaning into it hard because yeah. back then you know no one was paying super close attention uh, to <laughs> is this actionable? I don't know. <laughs> right, like Metal Gear is another. Oh great yeah, example that's of that, uh, you know? yeah. Speaking of sort of Torment Terminator movies, <laughs> um, but yeah. This is definitely one of the greats, and uh, quite a few games we got to get to in this episode. So, uh, uh, yeah, a few. I uh, so le leading us in was um, uh, Contra Title Back. Yes, that's the official name of the Title Back uh, Contra intro jingle. Mm. Uh, followed by so we we've decided to to splice both the arcade and the NES music for this episode, and 
Um, I decided that kind of kind of later on because I, I'm very partial to the NES versions for sure. I think most are, yeah. Yeah, because it, it is the most nostalgic. But listen, the more I listen to the arcade versions, the more I've come to appreciate them. Even just the uh, the the jungle battle music that we um, listen to, there's there's a few differences in the arcade version versus the NES that uh, I never quite picked up on because I mm. just never really familiarized myself with the arcade Same. one until this collection came out. Mm. So uh, I I appreciate it. Um, even uh, even the Rebirth game that came out on WiiWare. Uh, when it references the jungle battle music, it's more in line with the arcade version and hmm. not the NES, which is interesting mm-hmm. uh, for sure. And uh, the NES version is also a few octaves higher, way more high-pitched and way more fast and intense versus the arcade one, which is a little slower. So Yeah, I think that's why when I would go back and listen, I was like, oh, this isn't as punchy and exciting as right. the NES one. Right, but still very heroic sounding. I think my favorite part of that whole theme is just towards the end when it goes it it just goes into this climactic da 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 which is very action movie like hero anthem it's so good yeah like Schwarzenegger jumps in commando or he swings into the screen you would get it like right carrying a log on his back and yeah and this is 1987 I don't know if we mentioned that yet arcade on the arcade version NES Famicom came home in 88 and I definitely remember renting this a lot probably like 88, 89 around there yeah I had a friend so I had an aunt with a summer house and I, that I would visit. And, and, <laughs> and the It's uh, too hot in Jersey. We're going to the summer. <laughs> it was still in Jersey. Uh, <laughs> um, and the neighbor, uh, there was this neighbor kid, Jimmy, that I somehow remember his name. He had an NES and that, that was my first uh. glimpse into Contra and Zelda. Oh, wow. Uh, first time playing those. Man, Renaissance, man. Point. And, uh, that was also my first instance of what I like to call the Contra effect, which is when you play two-player co-op in that game. If someone progresses too far in the screen yeah. and causes the other player to die because the screen shifts, yep. uh, I, yeah. You become enemies. You, you become enemies. Uh, <laughs> we don't it, talk to Jimmy anymore. <laughs> we don't talk to Jimmy anymore. In fact, I don't even know if he's still alive. So, um, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll assume so. Yeah. So it's interesting to note that um, while the NES version of uh, Contra, it was uh, done by uh, the composer Hidenori, Hidenori Maizawa, who worked on Goonies 2, uh, mm. Akuma Joden Sets. Uh, sound, he was a sound programmer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. Uh, the original tunes were not composed by him. He only translated them from the mm. arcade originals. The arcade original was composed by uh, Kazuki Muraoka, who uh, worked on Metal Gear NES, Blades of Steel, uh, even uh, composed some of uh, Metal Gear Solid on the PS1, and uh, I th- he still has a pretty constant like pedigree oh, that's cool. at Konami. So, um, uh, oh, and additionally to uh, Maizawa, uh, Kiyohiro Sada also worked on the NES version, mm. uh, and that person worked on Bayou Billy, Abadox, etc., etc. And of course, Contra had plenty of ports. Um, I think it was called Grizor or something. That sounds uh, uh, and on PC on the PC platforms in in uh, Europe, but was then uh, infamously mm-hmm. uh, changed to Probotector when it came to consoles. Yep. There. Uh, so essentially, all the human 
elements, human characters and whatnot were changed to robots. Yeah. So, interestingly enough, the Famicom version of Contra uh, is a little different in that it con- contains some cutscenes, um, oh, yeah. some additional music, and what surprised me the most playing it in the collection were uh, environmental effects. So, like in the snow level, it was actually snowing, and in the jungle level, you could actually see the trees rustle and stuff, which oh, was not yeah. present in the American version. Which is it's kind of neat to finally see, like, wow, this was totally normal for Japanese players back in the day, mm. but for us, we had a completely yeah. different experience. So. Story-wise, though, I mean, it's like basic alien yep. invasion, futuristic, 2633 AD. Yeah, what I do uh, like is a lot of games in the 80s would set their apocalypse way too soon. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, uh, we did an article on that at one point many years ago about apocalypses that never happened where it's like, you know, this one, like, by 1997 or, like, Transformers the movie, the animated one, the first line of the movie of it. And the movie came out in 86, and mm-hmm. the first line in the movie is, it is the year 2005. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. we have built artificial cities, and robots rule the world. And it's like, and now here I am watching it in like 2019, and it's like, dude, even that is like 15 years ago. Right. So right, it's nice right. to see an 80s, like, future-looking, we're fighting aliens and robots in space, and it's thankfully so far off right. that surely by 2633 AD we'll be fighting aliens. We'll, like, we'll have spread guns that shoot big red hell yeah. pellets. That's also, like, the spread gun itself is so famous. It is, yeah. And it's just one of these item pickups, and the big thing when you're playing the game is these pods fly by, and you start out with a basic rifle that's not very good, very mm-hmm. button-mashy, and there's different power-ups like the machine gun, which is my favorite, right? and then there's a laser and a flare and all that, but spread gun is this shoot these orbs that spread out, and it's just, even the sound is burned into my brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's super good. Yeah. Going back to the jungle theme, it has to be one of the most popular, like, NES covers of all time with yeah. cover bands yeah it's uh, up there with you know wiley one and all yeah that. it's just been covered to oblivion um the first game music cover i ever heard was mini bosses mm-hmm. playing uh playing uh contra medley and also in the early 2000s uh vomitron's yep. cover of contra which i think we have if we wanted to play it back oh like live yeah yeah uh let me highly irregular. Let me uh, <laughs> let me move my hands around here. Uh, uh, yeah, Vomitron. So, uh, yeah, let's try Vomitron first. So there were like two versions of this. This is the more recent, the 2011 okay. remaster. But yeah, this is like an yeah. eight an eight minute speed metal mix. Yep. And yeah, I put this in my car in the early 2000s. <laughs> um, it, it, it goes through like all the songs. Yeah, yeah. The original medley I think originated as far back as like. 2002? Yeah, it was definitely early 2000s. MP3.com, that's that's how people knew about it. I don't know how I got mine. Probably Napster or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's... Those were the days. Those were, <laughs> They were and weren't. And then, of course, the Mini Bosses version. Yeah, which... Um, which is... I, I listened to Death Yeah, I bought this well. CD in 2000. It's so much slower <laughs> listening to wow, it Wow, I haven't listened to this in so long. Yeah, but that guitar tone and everything. Oh, yeah, like, the tone is like, oh, that's mini-bosses. Yep. Oh, wow. I would listen to this so much. Yeah, that's uh, definitely taking me back. Yeah, this this was like, I mean, mini-bosses were like the original... They, uh, one of the original... Certainly one of the original. Them um, and the Advantage. Yeah, Advantage uh, was very yeah. early, too. But sure. finding this on the internet of like, like, like running breathlessly to my friend's house. There's, 
there's band. And then <laughs> you got it here. And yeah, this is an advantage. And then any Eskimos somewhere around the end. Uh, early 2000s as well. Yep, yep, early to mid-2000s. Or Neskimos, as I'm sure a lot of it's, you would call It's it. Neskimos. They'd give you crap for that, all for right. sure. Well, look, <laughs> I am, I'm an NES man, and all my friends were NES, friend, yeah. uh, so that's what we called it. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, so uh, might as well jump into the yeah. uh, first batch of songs. Yeah. Uh, so with Contra... Uh, like like we said before, you're going to be listening to the arcade version first, and it'll flip to the NES uh, right on the on the loop. Okay. Um, I've picked out uh, I actually I actually picked out four for for Contra NES in particular because of how iconic it is. But uh, Maze Fortress One 3D, um, oh, yeah. which I feel like next to Jungle, that's the other one like everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, Despite the name not giving you any hints, uh, <laughs> I, I as soon as I, I uh, I'm like, oh yeah, the 3D part where you're after you go through the 2D le- scrolling left to right area, yes. you then go into a like moving ahead right di- into the screen where you see the back of your character and the gameplay kind of changes which up, which was very novel for yeah. for the time. It, it definitely used, really, like freshened things up. Really cool effect. Uh, Maze Fortress 2 3D boss, which is the boss music when you get to the end there. Oh man, that's uh, a good one. Those fights were always super tough. Uh, Waterfall of Bloodshed, which is as you guessed it, the waterfall stage and uh, Shivery Beat, which is the um, the alien uh, more m- more well known as the alien lair music at mm. the ends, which is uh, really cool and freaky. And I mm. guess the notes I had here were for Maze Fortress, uh, great example of the echo effects that was achieved on the NES by Maizawa. It's something he specifically talked about uh, in his uh, really great. Uh, old interview with uh jeremy Parrish mm. back in the one-up days um he went into great lengths explaining how he uh uh transcribed or rather uh converted the music to nes um maze fortress 2 just awesome build up epic uh climactic moment with the boss theme there and then uh waterfall of uh bloodshed great pump up track uh Really interesting faux outro is what I called it. Uh, you'll see what I mean. And then, of course, Shivery Beat. There's a lot of great creepy vibes, great arpeggios, really frenetic, kind of all over the place, which really fits that final uh, area of the game. And how would you describe an arpeggio? Uh, is that where it moves from like one left to right? Like something like that. So like, yeah, like moving from one, like one into the piano to the other side. Specifically in Alien's Lair, it's like, Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's what it was, but I probably because you told me seven years ago on this show somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. That and syncopated beats. Oh, syncopated beats. I remember. I feel like I learned that because of Breath of Fire three. But oh yeah, we'll go into four songs and Shadowrun. Perhaps I think I used it the Shadowrun. Yeah, so we got Maze Fortress one, Maze Fortress two, Waterfall Bloodshed, and Shivery Beat, all from Contra.
uh, all classics. Yes. Every single one of them. As yeah. soon as they started, it's like, oh, right, I remember this. But it, I, I do yeah. think the aforementioned bands and all the covers, I think, really helped cement these songs in my mind. For sure. Because by 2000, I was definitely uh, back into, well, I was already, like, making game music CDs or, mm-hmm. like, cassettes and ripping tracks with my friend Josh, who's been on the show a lot. Like, we were already very neck deep in that, and, like, game music's the best. <laughs> but I'm sure we I don't think we were spending much time looking at Contra, and it was those bands where I'm like, holy crap, this is so good. And when I go back and even listen to these songs in my mind, I'm filling in all these crazy, like, double foot pedal <laughs> Neskimos things and, like, Vomitron just going nuts. Right. Um, but, yeah, those are so good. Yeah, and it, it is interesting to uh, to compare the arcade and NES mm-hmm. ones. And for me, like, I do very much prefer the NES's, like, it's just faster and higher pitched. Uh-huh. I think... Uh, uh, just makes it more energetic and kind of uh, better fits with the action going mm-hmm. on on screen. So Yeah, and the uh, arcade one has that weird, like, vertical, weird monitor. That's not a regular right. monitor, right? Which is, it's great because they patched in the Tate mode for, uh, uh, for, the, for the Switch collection. Yeah. So, like, I actually played through them in vertical. Uh, mind you, I had to save state, like, every five seconds because yeah. <laughs> those games are somehow even way harder. Like, I, I don't want to hear anyone complain about Ghosts and Goblins difficulty after me having gone through Contra and Super Contra because they are so hard, blindingly yeah. hard. They're they're mean. Um, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Ghost of Goblins, you at least die in two hits. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but both of those games, I mean, are by design, like take your quarter, take your quarter. Exactly. Your quarter. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, you, you were mentioning the Aliens influence with Contra. Uh, there was a recent um, uh, Shmopulations translated interview uh, that came, came out, which was pretty neat, uh, about the... Well, it was apparently the alien influence in Contra came from the creator of Castlevania, <laughs> Hitoshi Akamatsu. And it was uh, so the quote this comes from an ex Konami dev talking about Akamatsu, but he said, It's often been remarked that many of Konami's games from the 80s featured H.R. Geiger motifs. Actually, this was because Akamatsu had seen Alien and was raving about it to everyone, spreading its popularity throughout the company. The fact that he never used those designs in his own games, however, shows something of his trickster personality, I think, in parentheses, laughs. So. Of course, yeah. <laughs> of course, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It is kind of amusing where, like, you guys should put alien stuff in your game. Right. Well, I won't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, 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 it came out really well, though. Like, they're, oh, yeah. the alien lair alone, just super I mean, it's creepy. straight up facehuggers running around. Yeah, facehuggers. Uh-huh. And those, uh, I keep thinking of those, like, weird, like, mouthy things that, oh uh, yeah like yeah. up on the on the ceiling yeah the it floors. definitely looks yeah. like it looks creepy alien and weird yeah. and like abadox even there's a lot of good biological horror going on that's wh- right where yeah. you're like what is all this stuff and again mm-hmm. like just by what it is like one of the bosses is a giant heart yeah and it's, again, that's the final boss yeah, yeah it is <laughs> uh but it is just this like oh yeah this game would be rated m just for how nasty this final stage is exactly if you, yeah. if you did this today although i don't know what the collection is i'm guessing it's t i don't know i i'm pretty sure but it is yeah it's like <laughs> did you notice how the whole last stage is just the guts of a giant alien that you're kind of inside or right. or some sort of biological meat planet or whatever it the is the red falcon as yeah. they called yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, the last boss is a giant heart. Man. Uh, and uh, going back to the whole uh, echo thing I was talking about with um, the uh, Maze Fortress 
3D track. Uh, this this came from the, the one-up interview that Jeremy Parrish did with uh, Maizawa. So he said, uh, for Contra, we developed a way to create an echo sound, the da 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 that that whole thing. Oh yeah, with just uh, a single sound channel instead of two which made the sound thicker and deeper. For Contra and Gradius, I had to scale down the music from the arcade versions and make it work on a low-tech machine. In fact, it was when I started to do this work that I started thinking, okay, I have to do a really good job with this. <laughs> and that sound is definitely a Konami sound that I, I hear and I associate with yeah. Konami. He's very much like the... Uh, he, he he was really integral in terms of uh, of like kind of making that such a trademark staple mm-hmm. of Konami sound. Yeah. Um, uh, he also uh, mentioned that he helped design the VRC6 chip that oh, wow. went into uh, Akuma Jo Densets, which we know as Castlevania 3. So mm-hmm. um, uh, he was like, yeah, sure, like engineers put that together, but I actually designed like mm-hmm. how it would operate and wow. everything, which is, is really cool mm-hmm. uh, to think about. So anyway, that leads us into Super Contra or as it was called on the NES Super C. Um, A year after the battle with the Red Falcon organization, Bill, Riser, and Lance Bean are sent on another mission. And this time the alien forces have taken over an allied military base, possessing most of its troops. Uh, Yes, there is a story to Contra, and I, I, I actually kind of appreciate that they add some sort of background to it like yeah. i'm not expecting anything deep here but like no it's this kind of game is always yeah. like i don't need a reason to have fun yeah right i just want to have fun <laughs> and right it's like why are they back okay fine mm-hmm. yeah and we the, didn't we didn't get them all oh okay so i have to say uh super c might not be as appreciated as the uh contra before it but i think it's still a very solid sequel uh maybe not as tough as contra but in even even despite the fact that there is no Konami code in this, yeah. it is the code that you input only gives you seven lives instead of thirty. Yeah, uh, but it is uh, surprisingly entirely doable. Um, there there were more differences I think in the arcade and NES with this one in particular because arcade version only had like five areas, NES version had eight areas. Mm-hmm. Um, musically, again, you'd you'd expect like the the same like arcade. Uh, soundboard versus uh versus the nes but uh composer wise super contra which came out in arcades in 1988 uh was composed uh again by kazuki muraoka but also uh motoaki furukawa who uh worked on sunset riders great soundtrack there uh gradius 2 and uh police knots and then maizawa uh brought over the uh nes conversion mm. Uh, apparently it was on Amiga and MS DOS as well. Uh, uh, news, oh. news to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, S- Super C. I mean, not much more I could say other than yeah. I finally beat it in the collection, <laughs> and I heavily enjoyed. It. Actually, I I played through the whole thing during a uh, lunch break. Yeah, it's uh, not a long game when yeah. you can save when you can save scum like that. It's, uh, it's definitely. True. But, <laughs> well, I mean that's that's the way you got to do it. You got to save scum it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, it, I mean, you're right. It, when you turn it on, you're like, I remember renting it. Like, oh, this is basically the same. There's mm-hmm. not a not a lot of like new game. I don't remember any actually new gameplay hook. Right. Uh, the the one gameplay hook was the whole. Uh, they added top down segments. This so this was the first Contra with the top down oh, uh, segments. Oh yeah. Uh, it wasn't quite twin stick. 
like you still moved around with the D-pad. And yeah, still. But, oh, I do remember But you that. did uh, shoot in eight directions. Yeah, and they would refine new. that with three in Contra 3. Absolutely, sure. yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. but yeah, it, it was fun. And I think by the time it came out on uh, NES in, 80, in 90, mm-hmm. you know, enough time had passed since the NES one. In, in kid time, a year or two is like an eternity. So uh, I remember being kind of into it, but... I don't think any of these songs hit the same way that the Contra One songs hit. I would argue that they're they're pretty good. Oh, I, they're I think, good. They're I think good. they're underrated. Yeah, they're, they're underrated. They're yeah. underrated because every sure. the yeah. first one was such a thing, and then yes. everyone's like, "Oh, I've heard of Super C." I right. Don't, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Somehow it was the one that made it to the NES Classic, though, and not That's the original. Very Contra. weird. And Contra never even made it to uh, the Wii Virtual Console wow. either, which was weird. That is really too. strange. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is strange. Where it's like it's not a bad sequel. Yeah, and everyone. Many people from the eighties and nineties would be like, "Oh yeah, I remember Super C." And yeah. you normally hear you normally don't hear someone badmouth it, but it's also like, "Yeah, and I just, it was it, it was there, it yeah, was there, that kind of thing." But yeah. let's uh, let's go good. to these songs. The music let's, is uh, really good. Uh, so I've picked out uh, "Thunder Landing." That's the first BGM. In a tight squeeze, which is BGM two, and that one is uh, the top down segment. Mm-hmm. That that's the one I associate with Super C the most. It's, uh, mm-hmm. There's a great uh, orchids. Uh, there, there are orchids. So um, the NES version did have, uh, like NES Konami games did have orchids, like TMNT two and three oh, yeah. and whatnot. Uh, it's very downsampled, very like oh, I'm sure. muddy. So uh, I don't know. You and I use that term a lot, and I yeah. see it around. But in case you're listening, you're like, what is an orc hit? Like Lord, <laughs> of, like, like Lord of the Rings, like orchestra hit. Yeah, orchestra. So it's short yeah. for orchestra hit, where you get like a boom. Yeah. Of like strings all going at once right or. right right and uh i i wrote a whole <laughs> i wrote a whole article about konami's uh oh yeah i remember that and its usage throughout their uh gaming i'm history. sure we did a, an episode many years ago called tmnt tunes uh, ninja turtles episode yeah, yeah uh when we get to the turtles in time in that episode oh, i'm man. sure we cannot avoid the topic of orchids it's impossible yeah sunset uh, riders had a lot of them they're too, practically sure. used as the main instrument <laughs> yeah, some, uh, whereas here it's just it's it's more to accentuate like the intro and yeah, things yeah. like that uh the third track is uh, Jungle Juncture. That is some Donkey Kong Country sound. It is. <laughs> it is Donkey Kong stages before Donkey Kong Country was a thing. Um, this is probably one of the best tracks in the game, I got to say. Uh, the arcade version has this really hilarious whoop, whoop, like ravey sound in mm. the beginning. It, it, it has to be some sort of vocal sound or something. Uh, but, uh, the NES eschews that for obvious reasons. But would I, you say the NES soundtrack supersedes the... Oh boy. oh boy uh not for jungle juncture <laughs> uh and then uh hotter than hell uh which is the f- it is the final boss music in the arcade version but it is the third to last stage in the nes version right. uh really cool metal infused uh track at the end there so yeah let's take it away
I feel like we can safely say that Super C is underrated. Yeah, <laughs> very. Uh, especially Jungle Juncture and Hotter Than Hell. I would say those l- latter two tracks. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> I can't get over the whoop whoop of so the arcade one. when it started, <laughs> uh, actually reminded me of the X-Men arcade game, which we also covered in an episode many years ago yeah. called Amazing X-Men, which mm-hmm. is a combination of Spider-Man and X-Men games. Because uh, the second track in that, which is incredible... Has this like voice sample of that's saying X Men over and over, but it's yeah. like eh, 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 right, eh, right, eh, eh, and that kind of reminds me of this whoop whoop, yeah. Um, which that would only be a few years apart on Konami's side in arcade years for sure. Um, so, yeah. and then definitely a lot of uh, Castlevania three sounding instrument choices mm-hmm. in some of the uh, the NES versions of those, and a surprising amount of orc hits in the NES version. Yeah, uh, they're very faint, but yeah. you, you hear them and. Uh, in like loads, <laughs> yeah. Especially towards like the outros, things like that. And hotter yeah. than hell, though. That one is like uh, the guitar approximation on the yeah. arcade version is very impressive. It's pretty good. Uh, and yeah, in a tight stuff. squeeze, I definitely got the fifties, uh, like swing beat, like something like which is all over NES music. Yeah, because again, a lot of people making music for games. And we covered this a lot years ago on the 302010 show, but all the 50s nostalgia that was so present in 80s media, because mm. um, people who were born or exposed to you know their childhood warm fuzzies all come from the 50s. So you get things like Stand By Me, right. uh, which is just like 50s, gro- 50s childhood, the movie. Right, um, right. But in games, you would hear the musical inspiration coming from like 60s, 70s stuff showing up, but you would still hear that kind of... Whatever that is, mm. that that fifties chug. That's uh, interesting. You would hear it a lot. Fifties um, chug. I, I, I don't know how to. I, I, again, I don't know what kind of music that is. Well, I think of Back to the Future and how it takes place. Like, oh yeah, it's he, both. Marty goes back to nineteen fifty-five, yep. like show, showcasing yep. that era. It's definitely. Yeah. It just kept coming up. Where like every week we're looking at. Hey, what movie's out this week in '86? And it's like it's some other '50s. Like, Nostalgia remember movie. this? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Which now, no. in a st- Stranger Things, uh, uh, yeah. Period. We are and f- we've been in full '80s. Uh, yeah. nostalgia mode the weird yeah. thing is like yeah, 80s were uncool for about five years mm. and then everyone was like actually that all ruled and it's all popular again mm-hmm. there was just maybe like 91 to 96 it was like not cool to like the 80s anymore uh, right right and then yeah. it was like actually all those songs ruled and you know some <laughs> of this fashion was pretty cool and right. it's 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 been varying stages of back Ever since probably like ninety nine or two thousand, I sounds about right, and it just like never yeah. went. And then synthwave started, and you're like, "Here we go, we're never leaving." <laughs> exactly, uh, it's the slappy snares. That's my like, that, yeah. you know, baby version of eighties history. <laughs> sounds about right. Uh, so uh, we're not going to cover uh, Contra Force and Operation C. So Contra Force was the NES, uh, another NES Contra, which wasn't actually a Contra game mm-hmm. in Japan. It was it was going to be called Arkhound, but it got canceled and it got rebranded and released solely in the U.S. as Contra Force. Uh, so I've never really played through it uh, besides the first level, but it, it does yeah. have a really great OST, some more Orchid mm-hmm. uh, like stuff there. And then Operation C was the Game Boy Contra game, and uh, what I will say is the credits theme in that is effing incredible mm. it's just like one of the best like game boy ending themes i've ever heard and uh, uh while we don't have time to slot it in here sure. uh um 
trust me when I say that that ending theme is super, super good. So with that being said, that leads us into the 16-bit era Real quick of on, Contra. Oh. Really quick on Contra Force. Yeah. It released really late in the NES. It did. It was super late. And yes. it was actually even after Contra 3 came out. Yes. And so I always took Contra Force as a pun or play on four. That sounds about right. And it's Contra Force. So that's here's the fu- really funny story with that. I'm uh, ready to laugh. <laughs> Contra 3 was supposed to be called Super Contra 4, Ooh. but Force was going to be called Contra 3, but Force didn't come out in time for Contra oh. 4, so Contra 4 became Contra 3. Oh, right, because it was in development. Yes. And then it got canceled, and yeah. then we picked it up way later. But uh, that Force thing could have been uh-huh. highly intentional, given I mean, that information. Yeah, so. it might have, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah that, that brings us to... 16-bit. 16-bit, which, here yeah. we go. Which, oh, oh boy, here we go. Uh, so, Contra 3 The Alien Wars came out uh, on SNES early 92, uh, some amazing names behind the soundtrack on this one. Uh, Miki Higashino, first and foremost, she did Gradius, Salamander, uh, TMNT, Arcade, Suikoden, and would later go on to do Suikoden 1 and 2 and some of uh, Vandal Hearts 1. Uh, Masanori Adachi, who worked on Super Castlevania 4 and uh, moved on to join Nintendo to do sound for Paper Mario Sticker Star and Dylan's Rolling Western. Would you look at that? <laughs> a great 3DS puzzle for that. <laughs> and then uh, we also had uh, uh, Tappy Iwase, who worked on Metal Gear Solid 1 and Suikoden 1, and Akihata, who worked on Rocket Knight Adventures. So kind of an all-star Konami cast on the SNES soundtrack. We've and covered most of these games on the show at some point in the past. Yeah. Almost and, all of these. And so uh, interestingly enough, though, Contra 3 is very different in the music department it's yep. musically way more orchestral but still very energetic um i felt it perfectly captured the apocalyptic atmosphere of the alien invasion that's going on in the story of this one and uh the sound font is very comparable to axelay which would come out later that year oh uh, which is super super good which is too. so good yes and yeah this is contra 3 i feel is one truly one of the greats yes and I don't Agreed. know if it's, I don't know if it's as well known as one because I feel like one was this just because the NES was so popular and there was no competition really in the U.S. Yeah. for anything for games like Master System, TG16, they were not a thing mm-hmm. for the most part in the U.S. Um, and just uh, the omnipresence of NES and rentals everywhere, so everyone played Contra. Contra Three though. I remember being a very, people being very into it and it being popular and it was a very. Have you played Contra Three? And a technical achievement. For yeah, and, for and sure. I feel like that did seep through to a more mass market thing where like a lot of people still remember Contra Three. But I might be mistaken. I might be overestimating because I think this game is freaking incredible. It's awesome, and yeah. it is every bit as fun as from a just plain run and gun shooter thing. But it does so much with like set pieces mm-hmm. and like visual storytelling and using the soundtrack to straight up sound like the theme from Predator right. or very Hollywood, very yeah. Hollywood, but doing it feeling like you're playing an action movie in 1992 on, on a super NES with no VO, no actual CD audio. It just felt like this transcendent thing where like, this is the coolest thing I've ever played in my life. Like, it felt super badass, which was also something Nintendo didn't have a lot of on their platform. Mm. The Genesis was really marketed and perceived, especially in the U.S., as the cool machine. Mm-hmm. Like Nintendo games, we all agree, are good, but you know, 
Genesis has this like edgier the, the thing edge, and yeah. this little cooler and you know the blast process the the, <laughs> the stuff and, and especially ninety two is like peak sixteen bit war because yeah. Sonic one and Sonic two are out and they're very much a pitched battle in North America for this and and, and Europe especially as well mm. but uh, this just moves so clean looks amazing the sprite works great Mo- uh, mode the, seven mode uh, seven everything <laughs> yeah all the technical tricks the Super NES can do yeah. all, all of them yeah. are all on display and then. Just these incredible bosses that are all these oh, insane set pieces, set piece slash boss battle. That turtle, that big turtle, and the, the big turtle. They like a sprite one. can't be this big. <laughs> and then the 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 giant like T eight hundred Terminator boss thing. Where yes, you fight two of them, and you just think that was the boss. And, and also then, you sever them from like their torso and yeah. their legs, which was insane. And yeah. you're like, oh, that was the boss. And then the hands come through the wall and pull yep. the door open. And it's like, oh my god, there's an even bigger one. It is incredible. It's all these cool set, and then like the fourth or fifth stage or whatever is jumping from your motorcycle. You are you start on a motorcycle, a jet motorcycle, screaming down a highway and then that changes to you are leaping from numerous missiles that helicopters are firing at the alien mothership <laughs> and you're just you're you're the if you fall you die. And yep. all you are doing is jumping from missile to missile and it's so cool. Um and I don't know if the song that I'm thinking of it might be the the third the second song you put in here but it just yeah. goes so many places oh yeah and yeah. it feels so cinematic and it's like if you want to feel that fun of like I want a game that I can just play right now run and gun no thought and I want to pick up cool power ups fight bosses but then this just goes so beyond it, it's the perfect sixteen bit escalation it, yeah. this is one of the absolute all time like how should we do a sequel now that we have better hardware this this takes your core <laughs> premise and just expands it to something that was not possible. The weaponry was great too. Like you, had, you had homing missiles uh, Man, in addition to missiles. the sp- uh, spread gun. Yeah. Um, smart bombs that you could no. activate. No. Yeah, really cool visual effect on those. And then um, you could switch between two weapons, which was cool to me. So, uh, oh yeah. So if you switched by pressing the X button, if you died, you would only lose the weapon that you currently were mm-hmm. uh, using at the time, and you could safeguard the other one. Yeah. If you feel like, oh, I'm gonna yeah. die, just. And then of course. The, the really epic moments of like holding L and R and pressing Y to like initiate both guns at the same time yeah. as you're sol- somersaulting through the yeah, air. Like. Which is like in almost every application <laughs> impractical. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, this game is so good and yeah. so much of the music. Like even the second, the second stage isn't one of these, but you alternate again by left and right and then overhead yeah. where you're navigating kind of this very Mode 7 style maze. Mm-hmm. But the music for that is like burned into my brain forever. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> <da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun-da-dun
The time signatures on this one are nuts. The squirrel I put in my notes here. Uh, I love the complexity of this song. Um, Super Guitar Bros put out an amazing medley oh, wow. that includes that. That and might be the st- the one I'm thinking of. We'll find out. We'll find out. And then, but it's the one where like is that that's the the stage with the T eight hundred. It ends with the that stage is so flipping cool, and that song is incredible. When you're climbing the wall and the music changes, that drill boss. Yes, and is it is that a? It waits for that trigger to happen, right? It's one of the earliest cases I can think of of dynamic music change. Oh, uh, like I swear one of the. I don't the, know if I remember that. I swear the part where it goes like do 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 when like this whole other. I I feel like that doesn't happen. I might just be that. That's when I it hit. might just be well timed. It might just too. be well timed, yeah. maybe, yeah. and maybe I'm, I'm just sure. playing so good that that's when I get there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. See, I, I every, I'd have to I'd have to play it again, but it's been a few years. For, but for me, every two seconds, I just hear oh, wow, wow. Wow. <laughs> Owen Wilson, starring Owen Wilson. No. Um, oh. And then uh, the third track I picked out was uh, Daredevil, which is the motorcycle yep. uh, BGM. Really, like, just in your face, yep. uh, slap bass all, all over the place. Yeah. That rhymed. It is. Uh, uh, this yeah. game is just, yeah, it's nonstop. It's the second you start, the brakes are off, and it is a roller coaster to the end. Yeah. And it is so flipping good. And, uh, I've been playing it on hard mode for the first time, and good lord, that stuff is I'm, impossible. I don't even want to bother. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, safe's coming up in this place. Uh, so yeah, so we've got it's time for revenge, battle, battle runner, and uh, daredevil.
Man, the end of that actually gave me, right before it fades yeah. or, or loops, gives me a Vince DiCola, like Transformers yeah, and, uh, inst- instrumental. Uh, all of those are so good. We, we, we were, Brett and I were very a- animated yeah. <laughs> throughout listening to these because there's so many cool things yeah. going on with the instrumentation and like the... Uh, gosh, it was <laughs> just... For the, <laughs> But yeah, you you Tonal were talking shifts. Yeah, like, you were yeah. talking about the seven eight thing, which I didn't totally understand. Yes. But when you pointed it out, I'm like, now I get yeah. what you were saying. So for for the listeners, towards the end of that, it's time for revenge part. There's like the uh, uh, when it goes to the the more subdued section. Uh, there's this uh, jazzy odd time signature part that's going like I'm trying to visualize. It. Yeah, yeah. I look, try to actually, thank you for playing. I can that. just bring it up. <laughs> I, I'm, this, I'm this invested. Technology is amazing. <laughs> uh, towards. Towards the end, there. Uh, even more. Right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 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 So, but then the last, last one, one is eight, eight. One, two, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, go back. <laughs> Let's redo yeah, that one. Alive. Four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> yeah. Which is so uh, cool. And then it loops. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it's super cool. Uh, I, I recall seeing a YouTube comment where like the guy was commenting on it and was just going like these would have been amazing prog rock musicians like they were inner prog rock musicians yeah. like just letting it loose on on an snes sound chip yeah like, it's just uh so cool the music syncs up so well with all of the set pieces right like contra and super c are very much like these are video games where you're running through waves of enemies and they kind of come at you, and then there's a couple of gimmicky cool bosses that you go, I remember that because it was really distinct. Mm. Contra 3 is like every 30 seconds is one of those moments where here's a new gameplay idea. What if you could do this? And that you're just like, instead of running, you're you're doing hand over hand and shooting in every direction yep. while bees come at you from every direction. <laughs> and then now you're fighting this very Gunstar Hero style harassing you throughout the level boss that has this form here and then yes. it transforms and turns into something else drill chasing so you up the side yeah. of a building yep. and then you think you've done no it's back again right. and, and you mentioned a lot of these people went off to do to right. become treasure because right? treasure, treasure was made up of a lot of ex-Konami people and it's, it's pretty sure they left after Contra 3 which explains how Gunstar Heroes also has a lot of those a lot of set, pe- stuff. set piece uh, action. That middle uh, song, uh, Battle Runner. Battle Runner was yes. not. It didn't do the transition that I was thinking of. Okay, so now I'm trying to think of what. Yeah. it was. I think uh, I have a feeling. So this is what I was thinking uh, of. For some reason, I I put this into the middle of a stage, but this is actually near the end of the game. Yeah, final boss. The final boss. But the final boss has like three phases. Depending on uh, which difficulty. Well, I guess normal difficulty, you just fight that brain thing and the game ends. Mm. Whereas, yeah, if you're playing on hard difficulty, you are fighting the whole final boss. And yeah. It's insane. I haven't gotten to that part yet. I've never finished oh, Contra really? 3. Um, oh, man, I was so into this. Yeah. I'm getting close, though. I'm at the the second top-down stage, so I think I can do this. Just yeah, really you're hard. just like, <laughs> you think you've finished the boss, and then this music shifts yeah. to this. Which is straight so, up predator aliens, yeah. like okay. even Back to the Future, I would say has yeah. some uh, segments like that. Um, and you had a note in there how the composer said that this probably wasn't well received. So this, here's a really sad. I was scouring for in- interviews, and uh, the only thing I've I've found that Miki, Miki Higashino mentioned to uh, 
VGM online in an er- interview. Um, in contrast to the earlier Contra games, Contra 3 went for a sound more akin to a film score, but it wasn't received all that well, was it? <laughs> and I'm just like, did VGM, who badmouthed this? Did VGM online reply back? Like, um, uh, no, it was n- no, no. But because uh, I don't remember like there being a. It's not like there was a big VGM scene back then to have been true. offended by this, but and at least in my you know friends that were playing it, we were all like, "Dude, this is great!" Yeah, no, it's excellent, and it bums me out if like the only feedback they got at the time was yeah. negative. Yeah, uh, may- maybe fans at that time just didn't identify with mm. with the music because they associate Contra with very like excitable, sure. like energetic. I mean, this has a different type of energy yeah. to it, more weight. I would say, but I guess it, to a degree, we were also less hung up on what a game was "quote unquote" supposed to be. Yeah, we really accepted, for the most part, because games were still relatively young medium, especially that kind of game. Mm-hmm. And us being that young, and there there being no internet, right? Um, you know, we just get Zelda two, and we're like, okay, this is Zelda now. <laughs> Castlevania two, okay, this is what Castlevania is now. I got okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's not as good as the other one, or I like this better than the other one. <laughs> right, but, right. But what what is and isn't Zelda or Castlevania or Mario? Like there were no rules for that stuff. So when Contra Three comes out, I'm just you know we're already like five years into. Sometimes sequels are completely different, and you just go okay. Um, and especially after Super C being kind of just the same game. Yeah, I was definitely ready for like. Give me a new crazy thing, man. And then they did. And they, so, they excelled, yeah. So yeah. this is out in the Contra collection, which is on everything. And then it's also, I think, on that Super NES classic. Classic, classic uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely one of the greats. It was one of the first. Uh, I, I, I do remember getting it on the Wii Virtual Console and mm. upgrading it to the Wii U. It's just I could never finish it because of how dang hard it was. I'm sure uh, at some point I just used, like, passwords or something to get uh, to So the funny story is the Japanese version has all the cheat codes that the American version does not. Oh, wow. Which, well, you can play the Japanese versions now oh. in the collection. So, um, uh, speaking of, there is there is a great, um, in that collection, there's a great uh, bonus digital book inside. Yeah. Uh, which includes interviews with, like, the director of Contra 3, who is actually still with Konami. Uh, he worked on, like, Shattered Soldier and Neo Contra and... Um, is also the producer of the uh, new Rogue oh, Corps wow. that's coming out, and he, of course he worked on Hardcore as well. But it's it's a really great read. Um, huh. I, I was going to try to quote something here, but uh, can't quite seem to find it. It, it. He made it sound that like the team that made Contra Three was very very small. Like oh, I don't I, doubt it. I don't know if he said like it was four to six people or something, but that's kind of crazy if it, if true. Uh, so, but that's kind of how it was. Uh, back then like dev yeah. teams were oh, pretty, yeah. pretty tiny a lot of these things so. were pretty uh you know yeah and and also uh created by very young youthful like like passion passionate people yeah uh who maybe sometimes they their passion would take them to crazy stages or or uh-huh. like come up with all these kind of crazy things and yeah. they just did it yeah, um, it's always fun to to read those kind of stories. But yep. yeah, so finally we're moving into Contra Hardcore, uh, spelled C O R P S, mind you. Like, it's a pun. Yeah. Um, the Japanese version was called Contra the Hardcore. <laughs> we we removed the the in the American release. Uh, so this came out uh, two years after um, Contra Three, and it was a Genesis Mega Drive affair. Uh, 
and also had a great lineup of composers, uh, Hiroshi Kobayashi, uh, inclu- and as well as Michiru y- Yamane, who, as we all know, worked on uh, Blood Li- Castlevania Bloodlines, Symphony of the Night, recently Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Um, she's actually said in an interview that she doesn't recall what she contributed <laughs> to hardcore. Uh, Akira Yamaoka, also uh, the Silent Hill and Smart Ball. Don't forget Smart Ball, man. Composer. Uh, Hirofumi Tanaguchi worked on Suikoden, and later on, interestingly, Captain Rainbow and We Play Motion. Wow! What? And uh, Akihata returned from Contra Three and Rocket Knight Adventures. So, uh, Hardcore is interesting in that it, it was the first to have like very distinctly different characters. Yeah. Um, you had like uh, like a the werewolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you had the humans, Ray Powered, and uh, and Sheena Etranzi. But then Brad Fang was the wolf-like humanoid that had two cybernetic arms. Wow. And he also had a small robot that could hover, and its name was Brownie. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is what Rogue Corps is more channeling with its goofy characters. And it, it, yeah, it seemed it, like... Har- I mean, Contra 3 started off the goofiness, I would say, with, like, you're riding on on missiles and well, jumping between missiles and stuff. But, but, yeah. I think it's a different level of, like, you're still yeah. act- ridiculous action heroes, which right. is one trope. But then when you when you open it up to, and here's a wolf with cyber arms. You're exactly. Like, well, wait, is this an alien, or do we now have the technology to make wolf people? Right. Is he just a wolf that became a man? Well, it's the year... 2,641, so uh, <laughs> clearly an elite team of commandos called the Unified Military Special Mobile Task Force KX, also known as the Contra Hardcore. No, that would be uh, also uh, known as the UMSMTF. <laughs> <laughs> has been assembled to combat the rapid spread of crime and illegal activities following the war, meaning the alien wars, of course. Oh. Um, so Hardcore, I've played. Uh, it is indeed in the collection as well. It is hard, and yeah. s- since the first time I, I even played it, I was just like, I, I I used up all my continues in the first 30 seconds of the game, yeah. and I'm like, okay. Uh, so with the power of save states now, I'm pretty excited to get through it, because a lot of uh, Contra fans regard it as one of the finest it entries. Is, and it, it is cool, for sure. It uh, is cool, and it definitely, again, has that the DNA of Gunstar Heroes, yep. where you can see, again, really Goofy but very technologically clever bosses that yes. do weird things, and yep. it's just very smart use of the technology. And so, on top of that, um, this time you can store four weapon power ups as opposed to two, which was pretty neat. It's that power but, creep, man. And it also uh, had branching paths, so you would actually have different uh, scenes play out, different stages, different bosses, and different endings depending on choices you made at the end of stages, which kind of gave it a Castlevania 3 vibe mm. in a way. Oh, yeah. Well, more enhanced, obviously, but uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, I want to stress that somehow the U.S. version is harder than the Japanese version. In the Japanese version, you could take three hits before dying. Mm. In uh, the American version, you take one hit and you die, and you have less continues and there are no cheat codes in the U.S. version versus the Japanese, so it's I don't like, like it. what the heck. Uh, but still a really cool game, and I've only recently gotten into the music, and I really dig it. It's got it's got a you know classic Genesis Mega Drive FM synth sound for sure. Uh, maybe maybe not airing on the side of dentist drills or anything, <laughs> but uh, but it's really rocking. It's really in your face. Um, the tracks for this one I picked out were uh, 
the hardcore, which is the level one BGM. Mm. Uh, this one's just in your face, like picture yourself plowing through cars and robots in the street. It's like this great introduction of like the hardcore mean business and yeah, yeah. they're out to clean the, clean streets, the streets, clean up the streets. The second one it, uh, I picked out was something wonderful. That's I, that's the track title. It starts out really extreme, as I uh, mentioned in my notes here, but it gets into a more playful melody that I really, uh, really like. And then um, third track is GTR Attack, which is one of the... It calls it a final boss BGM. Um, it calls a lot of uh, tracks in the hardcore soundtrack the final boss BGM. So hmm. either there are a lot of final bosses or... Well, perhaps because of the branching paths oh, and, yeah. and whatnot. But uh, this one is just balls to the wall, in your face, boss theme, blast beats, shredding guitar. Uh, it's really good stuff. Yeah, just the the far and other side. Is, I guess this would be more like classic contra. Classic contra, keeping that motif, that rocking. Yeah, not vibe. going for the orca- the movie score thing, right? Which and honestly, it, both both. Uh, I mean, both, both feel at. Both work because both, both games work, are trying yes. to do different things. Contra yeah. Three like is designed as like a set, a, a cinematic set piece, and yes. this is designed as like insane video game. Yes, <laughs> which you need insane video game music. Exactly. So yeah, um, the, I wanted to give some honorable mentions to tracks that didn't make the cut for me, but uh, the Foggy Cave in the Darkness and the ending BGM, the Dawn, are really cool. Like more like subdued, like atmospheric tunes that uh one wouldn't expect in a game with so much like in your face mm. uh like guitar chugging but mm. uh good stuff there too so anyway uh that's our last batch of contra tunes here so let's take it away
couldn't be further from what we just listened to. <laughs> yeah, but but no, that was that was great. Like you, you were totally right. There's no like again, no stereotypical like the Genesis dentist drill stuff. It's really yeah. smart use. Um, and I mean, a year ago we did that rock. The whole October of yep. 2018 was all like Genesis music done exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this I feel like this hits that note. Yeah. Um, it's just doing it in a like. Well, this game is a, running a mile a minute, so <laughs> you need music that Hyper. motivates you to like shoot everything and keep running. And also, there's a enemy probably made out of balls flying at you because mm-hmm. uh, it's this type of Gunstar Heroes. Uh, <laughs> he's like pre Vector Man area. Jeez, crazy boss fight. But yeah, all those. Yeah, we're just nuts. Yeah, uh, I I I've only begun to develop a a really big interest in the heart in hardcore and the soundtrack. But again, this col- collection really hel- helps me like figure out what I've missed mm. in terms of the, the legacy of this series. And, uh, I really dig it. So there's um, two other things that happen in this game. Uh, yes. One of them is this song that's just called rave rave. And, uh, if this is what I think it is, it does sound ravey. Yeah. Skip ahead. Yeah. So there's just a <laughs> lot of like, like you mentioned, branching paths and alternate mm-hmm. things. So that song always stuck with me as like, this is absolutely nuts. But the real thing, and I wrote an article about this uh, uh, Games Radar way back in the day, is because it's Konami and their two biggest brands at this point are Contra and Castlevania. Mm. Of course, there's some musical homage, uh, <laughs> and this is like. Oh, this is hilarious. This is like happy hardcore level, uh, 120 BPM. Uh, let's just mash up a bunch of Castlevania music. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And you're like, how long are they going to keep this going? <laughs> it's borderline like Ron Burgundy flying around with the jazz flute. Like, really where's he going to appear next? Oh my god! I can see how uh, the Messenger soundtrack took some cues from this. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. But yeah. Listen to that. What are you doing? Again, yeah, very ravey. So, I'm just picturing like intense, insane nightclubs. Yeah, like, and uh, I feel like there's a boss. I don't know if it plays at that point, but you're. It's a giant alien pushing a giant shopping cart. Oh, my God. And it's just, like, slamming against the wall. Or maybe it's a baby stroller? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, but it's just an insane boss with an insane soundtrack. Jeez. So that game is, is is definitely nothing quite like it. Yeah. Um, but that brings us to the end of this first chapter of Contra. Because this, this was the end of Contra for a long time. There were some PS1-era things th- that I rented and was like, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- it did have like a second era of like, okay, there's some stuff going on. And there's a whole other episode yes. that we've got prepared for that. Indeed. Um, uh, but yeah. Yeah. This was uh, this was great. Yeah. There, there, there was so much energetic music in this, but like there's so much more in in yeah. Contra that's like, like we'll, in your face. Well, definitely. Like, what are the some some of the ones we'll get to? Shattered Soldier, Shattered Soldier, Neo Contra. Yeah, Neo Contra. Uh, oh boy. Um, yeah, there's I know, And then like the main one I remember on PS One was Legacy of War, but we'll we'll get to that when we do the next episode. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Yes. Uh, VGEmpire.com is where you can find all the episodes. Of course, um, we're on iTunes and all that good stuff. Uh, 
yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow VG Empire on Twitter as well. Uh, don't tweet all that much, but it's usually your indicator of when an episode might be showing up. They usually drop some hints there or retweet other game music things that are going on. Yep. Um, and uh, just as a side shout out to past episodes, two things I've been listening to a lot on, uh, like as I'm doing work, are mm. the Echo of the Dolphins Sega CD soundtrack. Ooh, oh, uh, which. Uh, what's his face? We had Spencer Nilsson uh, yeah, on, on the show yeah. to discuss not only Sonic CD soundtracks compared to the Japanese and U.S. ones, but also we talked about his work on like Amazing Spider-Man, Batman Returns, and Echo the Dolphin. And I was re-listening to this Sega CD soundtrack, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I, I knew it was good, and we even talked about it back then, but I mostly at the time knew the Genesis one, if if any. And I knew this Sega CD one had this strong reputation, and I was like, I need to go back and listen to this again because I know it's going to be relaxing. And, mm. oh, man, it's relaxing. And then there's, like, a couple of super intense songs that are just incredible. Sounds so, like Echo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would, you know, go back and give that a listen, uh, which is called, like, Sega CD with Spencer Nilsson or something like that, uh, which, again, I'm amazed that he came on the show. Yeah. That is, like, cancel the show, we'll never top this kind of moment. <laughs> and then also was re-listening to the Golden Axe 3 soundtrack, I've never listened to the which Golden is Axe insane. Three. Really, I mean, go- one, one and two are great. One yeah. is great. Two is great in like a very different way. And then the Golden Axe three soundtrack is outrageously good. And I was like, I know we already did a Golden Axe episode, so let me go back and listen to it. We're like so flippant and dismissive of so much of it because <laughs> it's me and it's Chris and I forget who else was on it, but we're all mm. like really dunking on the Genesis a lot. And I think I'm trying to like put a tent on the circus and like, no guys, it's good. But then there's still just some like. <laughs> Once everyone starts in, I'm like, all right, fine. It's bad. You're right. I, I can't remember. <laughs> well, I just remember reading the comments, and some people were like, guys, this is really good. What are you doing? I think, uh, well, I think the last year's Rocktober has absolved oh, sure. your sins your sure. <laughs> sins of the podcast. But going back, like, uh, I would really, Golden Axe 3 has really uh, turned around on, turned me around on it. Oh, wow. uh, really good stuff in there. But anyway. Uh in terms of what I've been listening to lately, it's this makes no sense, but it, I've been jumping between the Guilty Gear XX soundtrack and um, Chrono Cross. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Chrono Cross is a great one it to have for indeed. chill stuff, and yeah. um, Cadence of Hyrule stuff has been good for background ah, music. But good uh, stuff. Save uh, that for the uh, 2019 yeah. roundup. <laughs> yeah, which we'll do next April. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can f- find me on Twitter at uh, Patrick K U L. Um, I don't really have any other bumps. Uh, That's fine. See you at Mag West, which is in two months. Two months. Might have the second contra up by then. <laughs> God, uh, I hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, what are we going out with? Oh, yes. Uh, where can we follow you, by the way? Uh, I just did the VG Empire Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, fo- follow you can f- Brelston, but, you know. <laughs> there, I, there you go. I don't tweet all that much anymore, and it's mostly just like animals or Godzilla. Like, that's kind of good it. enough. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, what I decided as an ending theme, well, you know how I mentioned uh, Contra Force and Operation C? Well, I haven't forgotten about them. So uh, I thought uh, ending on the uh, Contra Rebirth medley. Uh, so Contra Rebirth had a lot of great arrangements of tunes from all the old school Contra games. Uh but the these two never actually made it in. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, the composer Manabu Namiki did arrangements of certain tunes in the Rebirth series, like Contra, Castlevania Adventure, Rebirth, etc. Uh, he he did so many of these arrangements and then left out some ones that I wish were included in the game because they would have been freaking awesome. And these mm. are two examples. Um, 
So this arrangement includes the Mission 1 BGM from Contra Force mm. and uh, Free World, which is the ending theme I was hyping up from Operation C. And the way he arranges them for Contra Rebirth is uh, very much in line with like Genesis FM synth kind of oh, style, yeah, yeah. but mixing in a lot of the Konami staples like, uh, like Orc hits and things like that. Um, and this medley just... Once we hit the once you hit the ending, like you'll you'll see what I mean in terms of like this is the best Game Boy ending theme of all time. It's, it's just really, it's beautiful. It's like crazy to me that one of these remixes or medleys happens to include the two games that we would leave out. Yes, like it just happens. It, to line it just up. happened. It just happened to light up. It was like I, I I listened. I was listening to the Rebirth soundtrack after being all gung ho about the the Contra music we were including in the show, and I was just like. Well, this is perfect. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, taking Great. us out would be the uh, Contra Rebirth, another medley from Contra Rebirth. Yeah. Great. And Very we'll redundant. see you all soon.